Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 325. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. It's still winter as I'm recording this, and that blows big time. Although I didn't use a snow blower, see what I did there, as I was shoveling again today. Kids apparently can't be bothered to do that. They're very busy eating the food that I bought and uh, sleeping in the beds that I paid for in the house that uh, I covered the mortgage for. But, you know, that's okay. I'm not bitter or anything. Um, those of you who aren't parents, you get tired of people who are parents telling you, uh, you know, whining about this stuff. But you know what? Our whining is legit, gosh darn it. And uh, it's why middle-aged men like me go hide in uh, separate rooms of the house once in a while to record podcasts. So uh, the secret is out, I guess. Anyway, I hope all of you are doing well. Uh, I have coffee now. My extremities are thawing out finally. So uh, so that's good. And uh, I, I hope uh, all your extremities are fine as well. Not a whole lot to talk about uh, in the preamble for this show. Is this a preamble? Maybe the preamble would come before the... Uh, before the uh, theme, you know, kind of like the uh, cold open for a TV show. So I guess this is more of a, an introduction to the show, the witty banter part of the show, except uh, it's just me bantering with myself. So not a whole lot else to say about that. Oh, oh, uh, of course, uh, this episode marks uh, post-COVID edition part 13, the 13th episode that I've recorded since I died of COVID-19. Happy to report I'm still alive and COVID-free. So that's, uh, that's awesome. I hope all of you are as well. Although, if you're not alive and you're listening to this, I would kind of want to know that. Because that would be cool. Unless you're a demon or something. Not so cool. Sometimes I really think I, I need a co-host to, uh, to help me with the witty banter. Because I kind of get weird sometimes. Anyway, I did get a little feedback since the last episode, which is cool. Let's see if I can find it. Friend of the show, Jose. Hi, Jose. Over there on the Patreon, commented on the uh, on my comments about Gauntlet episode 324. I commented in the episode that the game reminds me a little bit. The the look of the game reminded me a little bit of River Raid. So the uh, the vertical scrolling uh, bit, you're kind of moving upwards uh, around obstacles and things. Um, the games aren't really related. Other than that, it just it sparked something in my brain. And uh, basically, Jose agreed. I liked it when people agree with me, so that was cool. He said, This does look like a blatant ripoff of River Raid. It looks fun. Never played it, though. I wasn't going to go so far as a blatant ripoff, although it's entirely possible that it was indeed a blatant ripoff. We know that game programmers were not necessarily immune to uh, blatant ripoffs back in the day. As far as never playing it, uh, Jose, you should. I think everybody should give every Atari game a fair shot. I'm looking at at the picture of the game. I don't... Here's the thing. I play these games a little bit for the podcast, and then they kind of fade from my brain. I, I think what I said is that I didn't hate this game, actually, and I would play it some more. Although, full disclosure, as I just indicated, I have not since I recorded the last episode. But I seem to recall it being worthy, in my view, of more play. So yes, Jose, go play this game. Go find it. Do it now and report report back when you do. Uh, that goes for everybody. Go play this game, report back, and uh, let me know what you thought. So uh, thanks for the comment, Jose. Uh, thanks for supporting the Patreon. 
That's much appreciated. Uh, and thanks for everything you've done for the show in the past. And everyone else, be like Jose. That's really the message today that you should take from the show. All right. Well, let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is Inca Gold from our friend Zellers, 1982, for the 2600. This is the part where I go through the manual. Thing is, I couldn't find a manual, though, you know what? Oh, wait. Yeah, I did. Hold on. Okay. Donkey Kong the Ape has kidnapped Mario's girlfriend. In this action-packed rescue adventure game, you move Mario through the incredible dangers to save her. <laughs> Sorry. That was the manual for iconic arcade and home console game Donkey Kong. But you'll understand why I was confused, because I totally blanked on what this game's called. The hell is this game called? Inca Gold is basically Donkey Kong. Hell, I'm going to take out the basically. Inca Gold is Donkey Kong, but Mario's got a new spiffy pink onesie, and instead of an ape, there's a scorpion, I guess? Which is odd, because the scorpion was a big deal for Aztecs, not so much for Inca. Uh, the Inca Civilization, but we'll get there in a minute. Yeah, if you know how to play Donkey Kong, and if you're listening to the show, you probably know how to play Donkey Kong, then you know how to play Inca Gold. Same idea. Your Mario, sorry, your unnamed guy who looks a hell of a lot like Mario, at the bottom of the screen, climbing ladders, uh, running across platforms, no barrels to jump over, but there are killer balloons, I guess, that's what they look like, and scorpions floating down from the top of the screen and you are trying to get to the top of the screen and I played this a whole bunch of times trying to figure out what the hell does this game have to do with Inca gold and then I realized your goal clearly to get from one screen to the next is to get from the bottom of the screen to the top and touch these white or excuse me these yellow uh, on either side at the top of the screen there are these stacks of yellow rectangles basically I mean this is 2600 graphics so like, like a pyramid of, of uh, vertical rectangles. I'm doing a terrible job of describing this, but it's a pyramid, basically. Of yellow something. And it finally dawned on me, oh, that's the gold. What, beyond that, where Inca comes in, I don't know. But that I finally figured out, okay, that's the game. You're trying to get the gold. All right, I get it now. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast all about life lessons growing up and every episode a segment about music music that i love artists that i admire and sometimes even my own music you can find autobiography of a schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers or you can go to schnookpodcast.com that's s-c-h-n-o-o-k podcast.com and i firmly believe the good goes around and i sincerely hope that autobiography of a schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. The game is from Zellers, our old friend, the uh, Canadian retail chain back in the day that decided it wanted to make video games for some reason. Uh, we've already talked about, I believe it was Time Warp, and uh, in reading about Time Warp, I learned that Inca Gold was a thing. So I thought, well, heck, I'll check out Inca Gold, and now I have. Yay me. 
Zellers, just uh, a refresher, was a Canadian discount department retail chain that operated stores throughout Canada for 82 years. Founded in 1931 in London, Ontario, and later based in Brampton, Ontario, the company was purchased by the Hudson's Bay Company in 78. Zellers ceased operation in 2013, and the stores were closed. Aww. Yep. It had a nice run. Zellers did back in, uh, back in the day. But, you know, some things just aren't meant to be. And, uh, you know, the world has had to learn to, to get on without Zellers. And, uh, you know, we'll never know the likes of such a chain again. Just kidding. Breaking news, everybody. According to recent reports, Zellers is coming back. That's right. In 2023, the brand is being relaunched within select Hudson's Bay stores in an effort to revive the trademark name. You lucky Canadians. I mean, you guys are lucky for so many reasons. Healthcare. Don't have Donald Trump. Sorry to get political. What else? So many other things. Your citizens tend to get shot by other citizens less often than Americans. Uh, I could go on and on, but this is not that podcast. But now, you've got one more reason to feel lucky. You've got Zellers coming back. There are going to be 25, quote, Zellers store experiences opened within Hudson's Bay stores, which I guess is still a thing. The physical locations will be accompanied by the first ever Zellers e-commerce site, Zellers.ca. In the greater Toronto area, there are three planned locations, one in Aaron Mills Shopping Center in, in Mississauga, one in Scarborough Town Center, and one in Burlington Mall. If you want to go on the internet and find where all the locations are, you can certainly do that. The stores are expected to be between 8,000 and 10,000 square feet, which sounds really big for a store within a store, but all right. Any of my Canadian listeners, first of all, thank you. Secondly, go check out some of these Zellers experiences and report back. Please and thank you. So that's pretty cool. As I said, damn, I keep forgetting the name of this game. Inca Gold is a Donkey Kong clone. There's no way around it. Or maybe it's Spider Monster or Tonky Khan or one of many other aliases. I wonder if Inca Gold was hiding from an ex-wife or something because it kept changing its name. Uh, you can travel the world, basically, play the same damn game with a different name. It's kind of like when you travel overseas as a diehard American and you really, really just want a Big Mac, only over where you're at it's called Big Ursula or something. Same, <laughs> different day. BlownCartridges.com, they note a couple of aliases first uh, that I didn't mention. Spider Maze or Pack Kong. Blown Cartridges says, somewhat arbitrarily, I'm going to forward with the assumption that Inca Gold is the game's official title and that Fun Vision was the original publisher, but I have no way to really be sure. Depending on the manual you read, you're controlling Kong, a man, or a little man, looking quite a bit like Mario in any case. He says there's a spider that scuttles across the top of the screen, dropping the smaller spiders. I guess that maybe that's what it is. They look like scorpions to me. I don't know. Nothing coming at you pays the slightest attention to the platforms or ladders. They just sort of drift back and forth. There's a strange teleport feeling to your leaps as you're jumping ahead. Animation frames and string positions when you press the button, making it more difficult to get a feel for your range and your landings. Yeah, I hated that. There are parts where the jump is farther than other parts, which is fine, except the longer jumps are nearly impossible. 
in a lot of these platform games, if you fall down a platform level, you die. There's nothing challenging about, I'm reading here, there's nothing challenging about evading the spiders and rocks. I don't know where the rocks are, because there's nothing fair about it. The game feels entirely arbitrary. It's luck if you manage to make it to the end of the level, not skill. Sound is all over the place. There's a good rendition of Turkey in the Straw. That's what that is. I knew I recognized the tune that drills into your brain as you're playing this game. Turkey in the Straw. That was probably copied from someone else's code. The jump sounds are a little jarring, and the noise you get when you reach the top sounds more ominous than rewarding. There's one good thing I can say. It's that it's easy to grasp immediately. It's a platformer. It's not easy, but it's simple. So, fun for extremely short bursts. Not fun once you realize how arbitrary it is. I'd rank it a solid D. Well, I don't want to spoil what my uh, rating will be, so I will save that for later. Okay, so the game is called Inca Gold. The Incas were uh, a civilization in South America who at the time of the Spanish conquest in 1532 ruled an empire that extended along the Pacific coast and Andean highlands from the northern border of modern Ecuador to the Mali River in central Chile. The emperor ruled with the aid of an aristocratic bureaucracy exercising authority with harsh and often repressive controls. Inca technology and architecture were highly developed, though not strikingly original. Their irrigation systems, palaces, temples, and fortifications can still be seen throughout the Andes, and their economy was based on agriculture, staples being corn, or maize, white and sweet potatoes, squash, tomatoes, peanuts, chili peppers, coca, cassava, and cotton. They raised guinea pigs, ducks, llamas, and alpacas, and dogs, made their clothing out of uh, llama wool and cotton, made houses of stone or adobe, Practically every man was a farmer, producing his own food and clothing. They had a vast network of roads, extending about 2,200 miles, with many interconnecting links. They had tunnels, they had suspension bridges, they had a well-organized relay service that carried messages in the form of knotted cords called keep... I'm butchering this. Kipu, at a rate of 150 miles a day. The network greatly facilitated the Spanish conquest. Well, that's ironic. They had religion that uh, featured animism, fetishism, and the worship of nature gods that included a creator god, the rain god, the sun god. The descendants of the Inca are the present-day Quechua-speaking peasants of the Andes who constitute perhaps 45% of the population of Peru. They left no written records, and their history is largely shrouded in legends that may be more mythical than factual. A civil war erupted around the time the Spanish also showed up, and the Spanish took advantage of the fact that the Incas were already dealing with the Civil War and basically aided and hindered one side, ultimately executing the uh, leader of that side, captured uh, another leader in 1533, and basically a, a sort of a remnant or a piece of the Inca Empire lasted until 1572. Left out a lot of details there, but you get the idea. Interestingly, there was no currency so people paid for stuff with food, precious metals, textiles, and exotic feathers and dyes, but also uh, by basically moving around and providing labor wherever you could get it, wherever you could offer it in exchange for food and so forth. There are myths of lost Inca gold. National Geographic on their website has a picture of a gold cup that is an example of gold cups that might lie among the thousands of priceless items thought to make up the mythical Inca lost gold. This fabled treasure, part of an exorbitant ransom for the imprisoned Inca leader Atahualpa, was supposedly hidden in the 16th century when the Inca learned Atahualpa, I'm sure I'm not saying that right, had already been put to death by Spanish conquistador Francisco Pizarro. So I guess that's where the gold part comes in. If anyone knows more about Inca gold, the game, or the, the actual gold, let me know. 
because it's kind of interesting. You know what else is interesting? The rest of the show. After the break, it's all pure gold, baby. how much fun it was to play Donkey Kong, go to the arcade, and every Mario and and uh, Donkey Kong up there at the top of the screen, and it'd be fun, and you'd play for hours and hours. Yeah, this isn't Donkey Kong, but it might as well be. Uh, you're going to see that here in a minute. Gratuitous headshot. I turned the sound down for your benefit because the music gets really annoying. There's my Mario, basically, rocking a sweet pink onesie. First thing I hated about this game was on the second level the jump is just a little bit wider. And it gets, uh, and unless you hit it just right, that happens. The other thing I hate about it is those uh, killer balloons. They're not on screen at the moment. On, the mo on screen at the moment are the, I'm gonna say, scorpions? And they're obnoxious. And they do that twitching thing. There's the killer balloon. They're sort of, uh, they seem potentially seizure-inducing. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. Man. I have done better than this. But, yeah, I mean, slight variation, but this is basically Donkey Kong. And I, I don't think back in the day they made any effort to hide that fact. Let's try that again. See, I'm trying to talk and play at the same time. I, I don't walk and chew gum well either. All this flickery stuff, you can, if you're actually paying attention, unlike me, you can learn to get around it. But, like I said, my focus is not the game right now. I have actually completed it, believe it or not. But I don't think you're going to see that today. Man. Basically what happens is, you get all the way up here to the top, and you touch one of the yellow things, and you go to another screen which looks very much like this one. And then once you finish that, then you go back to this screen again, and on and on through eternity, life just repeating itself as it does. That's Donkey Kong, sorry. Inca Gold. Oh, by the way, nothing on this screen says Inca or Gold to me. But, you know, what do you expect? Back to you in the studio. Hey Atari fans, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Join Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review cartridge-based games for the Atari's last answer, the 8-bit gaming system, as well as delve deep into their history. Kieran will also introduce everyone to the UK's budget games. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com.
person I once knew, while complaining about someone she was arguing with, threw up her hands and said, he must think I live in a carnival-like atmosphere of glee. Upset as this person was, though, I always thought this sounded like kind of a cool state to live in. Well, I'm not there yet, but I've got a website, carnivalofgleecreations.com, and there's stuff on there, everything you can want, like the podcast Atari Bytes, featuring old games and original short stories that are pretty unrelated. And my other podcast, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown, covering anything and everything in and around the iconic Peanuts comic strip. If the printed word is more your thing, there are books on there too, like the novel in the Saint Nick of Time and short story collections, Misery Banana, Hell's Serial, and Second Duck on the Right. Want to know what else I'm up to? That's all there too. Carnivalofgleecreations.com. Everything you need. Glee not included. My dog Beans is very excited to talk about this game, so you may hear him barking in the background. Apologies for that, but what can I do? He loves Atari. Here's the thing about Inca Gold. I don't know that I would give it a D. I found it really, really frustrating. But once I kind of got into the zone of it, I still hated the little balloons and the scorpion things. I keep calling them scorpions. I'm going to continue to do that. The little bit of reading that I did didn't really suggest necessarily that scorpions were a big deal for the Aztecs, but they were for the, or excuse me, for the Incas, but they were for the Aztecs. If they are spiders, as the one review suggested, uh, I don't know if spiders held some special significance for the Incas or not. Again, it would make sense if they did. It would make sense for them to be in the game. But in the game, I found them frustrating, of course, for all the reasons that that reviewer did. They are kind of arbitrary. They're also kind of headache-inducing in the sense that they flicker on the screen a lot, as do the balloons. They're almost seizure-inducing, and I know of what I speak. But between that and the music, I mean, you can turn the sound down, of course, but the music's pretty annoying. The flickering enemies are pretty annoying, so that takes some of the fun out of the game. The jumping bit is frustrating, especially if the jump is a little wider. You gotta hit it exactly right, which is okay if it's fair, but it does seem a little bit like bad bad mechanics. But once you get used to all of that and take that into account, kind of like Donkey Kong, if you get into a groove, you can kind of zone out a little bit and just be there in the game. Be present in the game if you like. So uh, it's not a great game, but I wouldn't give it a D. Uh, I, I don't really rate games with letters or numbers, but I would put something higher than a D, something lower than an A, maybe like a C, maybe a C minus, if I was really pushed to do that. If you have thoughts about Inca Gold, share them, please. It's story time. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story is titled, The Gold Standard. Jericho stood high on a bluff overlooking the kingdom of heaven. Well, the southeast corner anyway. Even in heaven, Jericho's eyesight wasn't what it used to be. And heaven isn't so much a kingdom as it is a patchwork eternal quilt of timeshare co-ops. Cobblestone streets weaved through lush forests in the valley below. Eventually, the forest gave way to great cities, and some not so great, but still, duh, heavenly. As he gazed out over all of this, something in particular caught Jericho's eye. A golden glint 
coming from the road into the city of new recruits. Okay, heaven was great and all, but naming cities wasn't its best thing. The city of new recruits was where the new arrivals to heaven got acclimated to their new surroundings. No small feat when heaven can be anything to anybody. And it was also a time for heaven to get acclimated to the new arrivals. The heaven threshold is different for every culture, of course, so all kinds of people show up knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Wait, that sounds familiar. Anyway, Jericho thought he better go check out what was happening. Time and space being super relative in heaven, Jericho quickly closed the gap between the bluff and the weirdly golden section of road that had attracted his attention. Felicia, Jericho's co-manager for recruit acclimation, was sitting astride a road grader. What the hell are you doing? Jericho asked. Funny, Felicia said. Don't we have people to do the repairs? Jericho asked. We do, Felicia agreed, but I'm not doing a repair. I'm doing a repaving. She gestured to the road behind her, a golden pathway stretching through the trees. You're repaving a road, Jericho said, with gold. Saying it out loud made it sound even more ridiculous. Indeed, Felicia said. Gorgeous, isn't it? Also expensive and impractical, Jericho pointed out. Gold is a soft metal, totally unsuited to vehicle traffic. Although time and space were malleable, not unlike gold, actually, in heaven, many of heaven's angels and wannabes enjoyed the vehicles of the living times and wished to use them in heaven. So, they needed roads, and somebody had to build those roads. It's not all cocktails, bunnies, and decades-long orgasms. Some people have to do actual work, and if you're going to work, you might as well do it with some style. Yeah, but look how nice it is, Felicia said. Besides, this is heaven. We can do anything or nothing. Well, we typically trend toward nothing, Jericho said. It works well for us. Heaven might be an artificial construct, you know. We might not even be here. Or we might be eternal beings. Eternity is pretty boring a lot of the time. If we want to splash a little gold around, why not? Let's do it up. Jericho shook his head. But... Where did this gold even come from? There's no mining in heaven. I know the mortals like to talk about the shining kingdom of heaven paved in gold, but, you know, that's just metaphor or whatever. Where did you even get this? Inga, Felicia said, climbing down from the grater, satisfied with her work. Everything was perfect in heaven, right? That's what it said in the pamphlets. It's Inga's gold. Excuse me? Jericho said. Who? Inga, Felicia repeated. New arrival. Turns out you can take it with you. She was a big bag of sludge in life. Made a ton of money and had a penchant for gold coins, as opposed to people and animals and cauliflower. No one liked her and she liked no one. But she came to regret her petty ways, deathbed regrets and all of those cliches. When she got here, she wanted to do something nice for her new neighbors. Turning over a new leaf, you know. So she gave us all her gold. That's ludicrous, Jericho said. Have you ever used that word before? Like, ever? Point is, Jericho said, somebody dying and bringing her gold to us is impossible. I poop diamonds, Felicia said. Nothing is impossible here. First, ow, Jericho said. I really think you should see someone about that. There's scads of dead doctors around. Second, please let me do this, said a tenuous voice behind them. Jericho and Felicia turned toward the voice. Inga was a small woman with big hair. She had piercing eyes and condescending eyebrows that clearly could have intimidated people, but at present were just conveying awkwardness. Inga 
didn't wear it well. Do you like it? She asked, clearly uncomfortable with asking anyone's opinion about anything. Oh, sure, Jericho said. The Gold Road is a great way to get to Sapphire Street and the Jade Interchange. Say, can you tell me how to get to Cubic Zirconium Drive? Felicia glared at Jericho. That's not the way we welcome new recruits, she hissed. Sorry, sorry, Jericho said. It's ridiculous. I mean, ridiculously generous of you. He wanted to say generous in a this is heaven and no one wants for anything, so generosity is a bit superfluous, superfluous sort of way, but Jericho thought better of saying that. I'm thinking of gold leaf street signs too, Inga said, but it's hard spelling the names of them in every language that ever existed. I wish I could just do Danish. Think the non-Danish speakers would notice? I mean, I doubt people here are doing a lot of reading up here. Not when they can have orgies and whatnot. Maybe I won't worry about the street signs. Well, the devil is in the details, Jericho said. Please, Indus said. It won't make a difference. No wonder there are so many choirs of angels in the stories. What with all the mouth breathing? She laughed, trying to pass it off as a joke. Remember what we talked about, Inga? Felicia called over his shoulder. She climbed back aboard the road grader and it roared to life. Inga was chastened. A bit. Fourteen miles later, Inga's gold was depleted. Well, we've proven you can't take it with you, but you can't keep it forever either, Felicia said. You good? Inga looked as if she might cry. But she gathered herself, shoved any inconvenient feelings down into the vault where a lifetime of repression was stored. I think, she said tentatively, I think the others, my fellow angels, Jericho snickered at that. Felicia shushed him. I think... They'll all appreciate my sacrifice, Inga said. Feels good, eh? Felicia said. Inga nodded. Well, here comes your future fan club now, Jericho said. A swarm of twenty, maybe thirty, of the newly and long-dead angel, wannabes, thundered past. Some had wings, most didn't. It's a tricky thing, getting wings. But all were exuberant. They were burbling with anticipation. You're making good time, Felicia said, thanks to the new road, that is. Pretty sweet, isn't it? One of the heavenly neighbors with thick red hair glanced absently down at his feet. Oh, yeah, shiny, he said absently. Come on, everybody, he said. Where are you going, Jericho said. Didn't you hear, the extremely tall woman with the cobalt blue bandana said. There's a platinum bridge over the horizon. Platinum! Everyone cheered and ran off. Inga sank to a sitting position on the gold road, which seemed cheap now. Oh, Inga, Felicia said. Well, that's awkward, Jericho said. Idiots. Inga muttered to herself, though Felicia and Jericho heard her just fine. I'll find some other way to make them like me. Mark my word. Inga got to her feet, shook off the defeat as she had so many times before, and marched back to the castle fortress that would be waiting for her in the residential area of heaven simply because she wanted it to be there. A fool in her gold, Jericho said. I really thought she was changing, Felicia said. Never lose that positivity, Jericho said. Just know that it's going to get crushed once in a while. Somewhere on earth, a very mortal and not yet dead, Inga awoke from her slumber, alone as usual, and as she preferred. She was vaguely angry about something, but knew not what. Then, in true Looney Tunes fashion, a piano appeared from nowhere and fell on her. Only God knows how. And, off in another realm, beyond the light, a road grader rumbled to life. Or maybe it didn't. The end. <laughs>
Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, Pinball Spring, and Hidden Agenda. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. Head over to Apple Podcasts and throw some gold ingots in my direction in the form of a review of this show. You can also drop some gold ingots in my pocket over there on Patreon.com, helping to keep the lights on in the podcast studio. Email the show at AtariBytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page, follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. I am also Carnival of Glee on Hive, Mastodon, Tumblr, and Post News. You can also find uh, Atari Bytes on Instagram. Please call me, 563-265-1978. I'm so lonely. Thing is, though, I'm not going to talk to you. Um, I want to hear from you, but I don't want to talk to you. Uh, feel free, though, to leave me a message about pretty much anything you want, and I will probably play it on the show, 563-265-1978. I am waiting to hear from you. Seriously, I'm so lonely. Check out the website, carnivalofgleecreations.com, for information and links for this show, for It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, for books that I've written, for other stuff I've been up to, all over there in one spot. It's so amazing is our modern technology. Uh, I mentioned Patreon. You can support the show over there, patreon.com, link in the show notes. You can join a wonderful club of current Patreon sponsors who I love more than I love life itself. They have thrown bags of gold at me, which kind of hurts, guys. I really wish you'd stop throwing them, but I'm glad that you're giving them to me. The patrons are Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, M. West, Jeremy L., Mark Super, Jim Goble, Robert Ferguson, and David Cavallari. Thank you to one and all. All right, we're about out of here. All I got to do is tell you next time on Atari Bytes. We're playing another 2600 game. This one is called Dark Chambers. I wonder if it's spooky. I hope it's not spooky. I don't want to be scared. It's not going to be scary, is it, guys? Seriously. You're not kidding me, right? It's not going to be scary? Okay, good. Uh, So, yeah, Dark Chambers. I don't remember why I put this on the list. I probably heard about it on some other show, and I'm probably stealing the idea. So, apologies for that. So, we're going to check that out. In the meantime, go play some old games. They've missed you.